Are y'all looking for a way to create a podcast? Well, with Anchor, it makes the process as easy as a layup. With the No Limit Podcast, there is no limit to what we talk about, and the same goes for Anchor. You can edit and record seamlessly from your phone and computer and get your podcast up and running in minutes. One thing I didn't know when I started was that Anchor does everything for you and automatically distributes your podcast on all platforms like Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts, and many more. So when you tune into the No Limit Podcast, make sure to download the app or go to anchor.fm to get started and make your dreams become a reality. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the No Limit Podcast. Uh, my name is J-Man. This is the second official episode. Uh, today, I have a special guest with us. Uh, his name is Rosenthal Sports. Uh, followed him on Instagram about a year and a half ago. Uh, he knows the game very well, and Rosenthal, uh, welcome. Thank you very much, J-Man. I, I'm really grateful to be on uh yeah we linked up on instagram about a year ago and we've just been chatting about the game and it's been fun uh chatting with you over these last year or so yeah absolutely but um first things first i know um want to get into the nba wait say that one more time it broke up uh i just wanted to talk about the nba finals oh yeah uh, that was a that was a really good NBA Finals, you know. Um, despite all the injuries that happened, um, it's kind of crazy when you think about it that the Warriors were even they were only, they were in it still with all the injuries that happened. And you know, I woke up the next morning and I was still kind of shocked that the Raptors won. You know, like after thinking about it all, I'm like, man, the Raptors actually won the championship. I can't believe it. Yeah, honestly, it. It, it threw me for a loop, too, because I was watching it, and then uh, the game kind of shifted a little bit, and then all of a sudden the Raptors just kept on going, and then Clay went down and everything. But honestly, with the KD injury, I do feel for him. Yeah, It played a, it played a role where he was pressured into playing, but if he didn't, he would get criticized as well, so it was kind of a lose-lose for him. Yep. Um, but also, I don't like everyone saying, like, oh, well, if uh, the, the Raptors only won because – of KD going down and Clay going down, the Raptors definitely earned this win, in my opinion. Um, just because a couple things, um, I take nothing away from Toronto. Uh, win, uh, because they earned this title. Winning, winning three games in Oracle is very, very tough. <laughs> that um, ain't, yeah, especially from game one uh, when when they came out and and won. I, I feel like. When they won game one, it was kind of like, okay, well, they won game one. And then all of a sudden, the Warriors won game two. And then I don't really think people have taken Toronto seriously at all. No, I, I agree with you there, to be honest. Um, Because to be after the Warriors won game two, in my mind, I was like, all right, well, this is a wrap. You know, like, this is going to be the Warriors again. And not, not to disrespect Toronto, it's just this Warrior team, when they're fully assembled, is just too much. Uh, but... To be honest, like we, Kawhi is also too much, and we saw what he was able to do just in one game in San Antonio, and we only got and then he got injured. He had that amazing first half into the third quarter, then he got hurt, and we always had that big what if, like what if Kawhi against the Warriors, and then he proved it. It was pretty. It was pretty unbelievable. Um, but to mention, like. I did, I did want to um, piggyback something you said about Durant's injury. I do think that, you know, Durant seems like that type of dude where he just reads every comment and he takes it to heart. He he looks at what everybody's saying and he 
you know, he wants to appease people, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. And I think the media pressured him into playing. I think the fans pressured him into playing. And it's, it's unfortunate because that's a tough injury to see. But, yeah, I just I wanted, that's all I wanted to say on the Duran injury. Yeah, just speaking about it real quickly, I was really surprised because obviously he wasn't 100%. I think uh, I think he was about, probably looked like he was 50% ready, but he's playing 12 of the 14 minutes of the game. Like, I didn't expect him to come out and, like, play, like, 12 of the first 14. And I feel like with Steve Kerr and everything, I feel like it was rushed. I mean, he got cleared to practice 24 hours before the game. And then it was kind of forced. I felt like it was forced, uh, you know, regardless of what Bob Myers said or anything like that. But I ultimately think this is Steve Kerr and Bob Myers' fault for letting him play. And it could potentially uh, ruin the rest of his career and potentially ruin uh, a future with the Warriors as well. Oh, yeah. The Warriors' future has definitely changed. And now the NBA is, like, completely wide open for next year. Um, it all depends on what Toronto, excuse me, what Toronto does. If they want to bring it back, then obviously they're going to be heavy favorites. But now with with the Warriors, you know Durant's not going to play for most of the season if he even comes back to the Warriors. Clay's going to be out at least to the All Star break. And, you know, if he's back before the All Star break, that's pretty impressive, and that's a lot of money tied up. And then they have to figure out what they're going to do with Draymond. So and Iguodala and Livingston, and you know, if he, I heard an interesting theory on uh, another. Uh, earlier today is what if Durant didn't even play Game Five? What if he just rested Game Five and nothing ever happened? Then Clay doesn't get hurt, KD doesn't get hurt, and then Toronto probably wins in five. But then the Warriors are probably set up for next year. So him risking a lot, he risks everything, which is great in the sportsmanship of things. You know, we want to see that in our players. We want to see that in our Warriors. Um, no pun intended with him being on the Warriors, actually. But like, he risks. He risked a lot, and then Clay the same thing. And I'm sure they're going to get max contracts, but their the championship window is closing faster than we all like to admit now. Yeah, it really is. And um, one thing too about Curry, um, I know a lot of there's been a lot of speculation about what he has to bring to the table, and obviously uh, he's 0 of 8 in his career on go ahead buckets or game winners. But honestly, he hasn't really had to be the the man because the Warriors have always been a dominant team all around from 1 through 12. Their depth has been amazing. Uh, you know, he's they've made it to five straight finals. So his resume kind of set, set it. Set, uh, what was I going to say? It speaks for itself. Thank you. It speaks for itself, basically. And um, so Curry doesn't really have to be the man in his career, and I, I believe so. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he is 08. Obviously, I wouldn't want him to uh, take the last the last shot for for my ball club. I mean, you heard Max Kellerman say something crazy, uh, saying uh, he wanted Iguodala to take the last shot. Yeah, and honestly, he, he's a Curry hater, uh, notorious yeah. Curry hater. <laughs> exactly. You know, but, uh, uh, I actually agree yeah. with you with what you're saying about Curry and the way the Warriors are structured. Um, you know, that was a, you know. You know, you can take it how you like, but this series probably isn't indicative of how Curry actually shoots the ball in clutch situations because of the defense that Toronto played on him. They're pretty much able to throw two guys at him the entire series. And with Clay being out and KD being out, the spacing wasn't there for him to really do his thing. 
But you're right, he is 0 of 8 when the game on the game is on the line. But still, that shot he got in Game 6 was a great shot. And I'd take that. I mean, look, I'm, I've been a Laker fan all my life, and I would take a running Curry shot like that over any other shot the Lakers shot the last three years that I watched them play basketball. Yeah, but honestly, the Raptors deserve that win. Oh, yeah, I mean, man. I mean, like I said, winning three games in Oracle is tough. Having Fred Van Vliet. He was huge. Over 40% from the three is also tough. And everyone knew what kind of player Kawhi was, and he kind of proved it coming off of an injury from the prior season. And honestly, um, I respected what he did because he kind of had a mentality of like, you know what? I'll go to Toronto. Just give me some some people who know how to play basketball. Let's get it done. And I feel like piggybacking off of what you said about how the NBA is wide open, I feel like now it's even more wide open because people are like, oh, wait, Kawhi kind of did it by himself in a way. There's not really no one really behind him. No no big all-stars besides Marcus Gasol. But Marcus Gasol wasn't really that big of a factor. But I feel like it was just Toronto was a basketball team. Like everyone – knew their role, played their position, and it was beautiful basketball. And I kind of relate to Toronto, the Toronto Raptors to the 2011 uh, Mavericks. Their teams oh, are that's, just that's a really good I've, – I've heard – that's a really good comparison. I've heard a lot of the like 04 Pistons. And I really, I don't really think that they're 04 Pistons because the 04 Pistons never had a guy like Kawhi. But uh, one, one person that is also huge is Siakam. Like Siakam was – like he's just a complete difference maker. Like I didn't think that he was as good. Like he has a very polished post game. He's able to finish with both hands. Like he can spin inside. Like it's crazy. And he's and these guys can all knock down corner three pointers. So the Raptors are just they're a very good ball club. They they play the game the right way. They play defense. Nick Nurse is a pretty good coach. Uh, helps to have Kawhi. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, my hats are off to them. And definitely, like you said, the Raptors won it. The Warriors didn't lose it. But in order to be the two-time champion, you got to take it, and the, the Raptors took it. Exactly. But um, so proud of the Raptors. I know Drake is probably still partying right now. Oh man, yeah, the parade was happening. I know there was actually. I don't know if you heard about there was uh, some gunshots at the parade. Apparently. Oh jeez. Yeah, I don't. I didn't read too much about it, but there was. I guess a small story. Uh, but aside from that, it was a pretty. I think two and a half million people were there. It's crazy too. Man. I was saying this on my last episode too. Like Toronto, Toronto is playing for much more than just an NBA title. They're playing for something bigger than basketball and something that we all should appreciate. I mean, Toronto and the the, the country of Canada. Like, I've never seen that many people rally behind a team like that. It's amazing to watch. That's why, like, sports can teach you a lot about life. You know, and I, I'm, you know, I'm in my 30s now and. I still relate sports to everything I do. And, you know, when you can see a country get behind and unite like this, and Canadians are already nice in general, but to see them band together like this was, it's pretty inspiring to watch, to be honest. Absolutely, dude, honestly. But um, moving on, uh, so I posted the morning of, because um, the Lakers were, reportedly interested in Derek Favors and I was like, hmm, okay, this is kinda it's kinda weird, you know. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, okay, maybe Favors is a it's a good fit, but I don't know what they're doing. Obviously that aged really well because hours later A D went to 
the Lakers for a few first-round picks, Josh Hart, uh, Brandon Ingram, and Alonzo Ball. Yep. But what do you think about this since you're the Lakers guy? Oh, uh, man. Well, to be honest, what's crazy about being this a Laker fan in these last few years is that everything that I personally, me, have wanted the franchise to do, they've done the exact opposite. So I wanted them to keep D'Angelo Russell and pair him with Lonzo Ball because I, I thought that would be an interesting mix that, if, like, if we were going to stink, might as well try some things. They shipped him away. That didn't work. I wanted to keep Julius Randle. We let him walk. Um out of the three players that we uh, were going to keep, I wanted to trade away Kuzma. We kept Kuzma. But we got Anthony Davis. And, you know, aside from it all, like, in the history of all these big-time trades, usually a team that has the best player usually wins a trade. But in this scenario, I'm not too sure. Um, I think Lonzo's a very special player. And I just feel like... I, I watch a lot of Laker games, and... The game, and I'm, I'm probably nitpicking here, but the game where he injured his ankle, I felt he was playing the best basketball of his young career. It's only been a year and a half, but he was really meshing with LeBron, meshing with the team, playing. You know, he plays like I'm not. I'm not going to say all NBA defense because he's not there yet, but he plays really good defense for a young kid. And with Ingram, I definitely didn't want to get rid of him. Um, but in order to get a guy like Anthony Davis, you got to give up something. And we can't just steal players, you know. This we don't have. A, this isn't like Pau Gasol again. So we got to give give up something. Um, and we did. We gave up a, a lot of talent. Josh Hart, a good piece, a throw in. Um, the picks, I don't know. Like we'll have to see. Like ideally, in a perfect world, the Lakers are going to have great draft picks. I mean, or shitty draft picks. Excuse me. I don't know if I can curse here. Um, but ideally, we won't have any good draft picks. And those picks won't be, you know, that's not a big deal. But we all know how it turns quickly. Um, we can think back to Dwight Howard. and So I don't want that to repeat. But Anthony Davis is completely different than Dwight Howard, um, I believe, in my heart. <laughs> so yeah, I, I hope. Funny how you say that. I had, post, I had posted about that, too. I know, man. A lot uh, of people are talking. Kind of, yeah, yeah, the comparisons yeah, are really interesting. interesting. You know, um, but, we don't... Um, so, well, we just don't have D'Antoni to to run LeBron to the ground this year. But go ahead, yeah. So <laughs> you say you don't know who won the trade. I feel like LA won the trade. If we're talking about right now, you know. Oh yeah, for um, sure. The next couple of years, I mean, we're already the heavy favorites to win the title, which doesn't mean anything because we literally have six people in the squad, and two of them are Isaac Bonga and some Morris Wagner. So I mean, <laughs> I don't know if that's gonna lead us to title land. You're right. I, I know. It puts them in a great position, but I don't know if I want to assume the NBA title this early. Like, a lot of a lot of people are, are starting to, to say right now. A lot of people are trying to get uh, ahead of themselves. But this is the way I see it, and this is the way I interpreted the trade. So, Josh Hart, he has great upside, but would he ever be a starter on a, on a team? Probably Maybe. not. Will Alonzo be an all-star? Maybe. Uh, the only sure thing in this trade to me is Brandon Ingram because he was a great asset, yep. obviously, and he was the second to third option on offense, and he guys a, a, a smaller version of, of KD. If, uh, that's a ceiling, so to speak. But um, one thing that I was very impressed with, you say you wanted to get rid of him. I was very impressed that they kept Kuzma. I think he will be a perfect fit with LeBron and Davis, only if he gets a better jump shot. I feel like if he extends his range, 
then it'll be the perfect compliment for LeBron and Davis. But right now, he's such a big inside presence. I just feel like that's going to clog up the paint a little bit and disrupt everything offensively. And um, I don't know who they have at guard or who, who they have as nobody. Uh, yeah, nobody. Nobody. So, but th- honestly, with this move, does it make guys like D'Lo and Kyrie look at LA even harder? You know, to, I think to you, I have thought about D'Angelo Russell, but I just don't think his agent's going to let that happen. You know, um, regardless of who, you know, I think there's still hard feelings about what happened with just a couple of years ago. So. I've heard Indiana for D'Lo, but I, I'm sure we want to talk about those guys later. But with Kyrie is interesting because the LeBron connections there, but he's just such a weirdo. Like, I don't even know if I want him, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I, he's just such a weird dude, and he's just so inconsistent with how he feels. Like, you know, I don't want to mortgage my future for a guy who will wake up tomorrow and be like, you know, I think I'd rather play for the the Pacers. Like, not like and so... He's just a very interesting guy, and I don't know if I would want that, which is crazy to think because you asked me that two years ago, and where everybody would, you know, trade their whole team for Kyrie Irving, essentially. Um, but yeah, the Lakers can go an interesting route. Like, I really like Jimmy Butler. Um, it all depends on what he does with Philly because, like, you know, one thing we mentioned about the, the we didn't mention about the Raptors is that they were literally one shot away from, like, not even making the conference finals, and that's got to sting. Right the Sixers and all Sixers fans. Um, so you think about that. It's like, they can just run that back. Jimmy can just say, you know what? Let's just run it back and I'll get my five-year deal. Um, and that can take him off the table. But he's a, he's a guy that I would like because he's a two-way player that can really fit. And then we can go the cheap route at point guard and like a Ricky Rubio or Rondo, even though we don't have his bird rights. Um, so there's, there's ways to go. Um, which is which is really interesting. Yeah, and um, another thing too, um, a lot of people like this needed to happen for the Lakers, and LeBron needed someone else to kind of team up with and go alongside him. And I feel like no matter what, no matter what LeBron does, he will always be criticized. No matter how many championship rings he's won, no matter what team he chooses to play for. You know, I mean, I heard Skip Bayless say that he wasn't the GOAT because he didn't, he missed the playoffs. I mean, I don't know, I don't respect Skip Bayless, I don't like Skip Bayless, but I just found that was so out of pocket. Skip Skip says things, he's like the enemy, they pay him to be the enemy on TV. He's been doing it for years, he's so good at it. Um, I actually, you know what's crazy, I started out hating him, and now I'm just like, I don't even take his stances seriously. He's like a a white LeVar Ball, a white old LeVar Ball, just saying crazy stuff. Speaking of LeVar Ball, <laughs> supposedly this is the best thing that happened for Lonzo, but I, I think deep down he wanted his son to stay in L.A. Of course he did. Like ESPN, I cannot believe they put him on TV. Like That's such a joke. You know, they, they're they just like itching for content. I cannot believe they did that. And, yeah, I mean, of course he wanted his son to stay a Laker. <laughs> that would, but, you know, that's what happens when you can't make your free throws and you can't stay on the court, you know. If he would have stayed on the court and played all 82 games, and the Lakers would have made him untouchable, but he didn't, and the rest is history. But yeah, now Lavar is gone, um, which is interesting because he's just been he's been such a bizarre uh, NBA dad. Um, 
and but and it's been perfect for him because the LA market is so huge. Like, you know, I, I live I live in um, like ten miles north of downtown Los Angeles, and like it's just this place is so big. There's so much media here that you know Lavar can feast off that. Now he's going to be in New Orleans, and it's just going to be kind of quiet. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, honestly. Alonzo was probably the last person I wanted to see go, but it made the oh, most yeah. sense. Well, of course. But, yeah, because Alonzo makes his teammates better, regardless of what his dad says or not. I mean, he's a selfless he's a selfless point guard, and that's kind of what the NBA in general is missing, but what the Lakers kind of needed. But obviously, like you said, well, what if what if we flip-flop that, and what if we put Kuzma instead of Ball, what would we have? Would you think that, we, that the Lakers essentially would have – a better lineup, a better structured lineup? Uh, I, I think so, just because of Lonzo's ball movement. But, you know, the Pelicans are smart. They knew what they were doing. Um, they have a very stacked team. You know, and like you said, Kuzma, to be honest, if he is a better three-point shooter and it seems like he's working on his game, uh, he needs to work on his defense. He gets beat a lot. Um, uh, but I know he tries. You know, he's he definitely tries. And, he's you know, with Anthony Davis behind him, he's going to look a little better defensively. Uh, the Lakers need to fill out the roster, you know, with, you know, McKee might be nice, or like Nerlens Noel as far as big guys. I don't think Derek Favors is an option anymore. I don't know what that was. That rumor was. That was. We're gonna hear a lot of weird rumors going around, especially. You know, I, I was looking at the, speaking of the Lakers, like salary cap. I was researching the salary cap a little bit today, and there's a lot of there's a lot of ways the Lakers can go. Like of all the exceptions that you can get, and this shit is super confusing, but. Once you once you break it down, like if the Lakers just sign a bunch of players, they only have like one or two exceptions. They have the exception from the Zubac trade, which is still a mind-boggling, idiotic trade, but we still can take in like a half, a million and a half for that, and then we can have like a mid-level exception worth either like nine million bucks or like four million bucks. So depending on what they do, and depending on when this trade actually goes down, you know, if it goes down in mid-July, then we're better off. We can save a little more money. So there's a lot there's a lot of uh, variables that a lot of moving parts still. Isn't like the difference like between like if they wait till mid July it's like thirty something million? As yeah, opposed to- as opposed to like twenty four million right now, exactly. Yeah. And that can be either be you know that could be another player, and so it's like why wouldn't we wait? And so I hope we do because Palenka is supposed to be this this cap expert who is an agent, so. If he's going to be horrible at everything else that he does, at least be good at this. Lakers <laughs> <laughs> yeah, need to get out of the, the rut they're in. But um, yeah. I think that essentially that, I mean, honestly, I'll go on record saying that the Lakers will probably make the playoffs. Oh, yeah, I, I would I say that's a safe bet. And say that they're NBA title worthy right now just because the summer isn't complete and obviously – I think they have the fourth pick, so it's kind of interesting to see what they do and see if no, they they, tra- they traded they that, that was part of that that was part of that package. So New Orleans yeah. is New Orleans has that, and they might even. Sh- I actually read before I um I hopped on the call with you that New Orleans is looking to flip that pick for Bradley Beal. Hmm, that could. So New Orleans might have a squad. Essentially, yeah. I mean, what what better way to say? Uh, <laughs> Fuck you to Anthony Davis than getting a, an even better squad. You know, like for real, like they're gonna have a and you know, and Julius Randle definitely um he's not gonna I don't know if he's gonna come back, but he opted out, so he might get a nice um fresh bag of money this off season. 
he's a great player too. I really, I really enjoyed Randall when we drafted him. Um, I remember watching him in college. He had that one year at Kentucky where he just, he was just a monster. He just reminded me of a, kind of like a mini Sean Kemp. Um, and so I, I grew up, um, I, I grew up like watching '90s basketball. Um, that's when I became a fan, and I really loved the Sonics. Um, even though the Lakers were still great. I just love the way the Sonics played basketball, so they really caught my eye. Sean Kemp was just one of those like powerful dunkers down the middle. He could just pick up a ball and just dribble, 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 and just slam dunk in your face. It was with <laughs> so much aggression. It was it's pretty insane to watch, um, and I'm sure we've all seen YouTube clips of him dunking. Um, but Julius kind of reminded me of that, and now he's expanding his game with a three point shot, and his pa- his vision is pretty good. Um, now he seems like he's over his foot problems, and he's he averaged like twenty two and nine last year. So, I, some team is going to get a player that can make a huge difference. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I didn't really like him on the Lakers just because I feel like his full potential wasn't reached, and a lot of that was I don't I don't know what was going on between uh, between closed doors, but he just wasn't playing enough. But Oh yeah, now, exactly. I completely agree. Yeah, when now, yeah, as you said, yeah, we're just twenty-two and nine, and you say he's like Sean Kemp. I saw Zach Randolph in him a lot. Yeah, yeah, I do see a little bit of Zebo too. Um, but now that he's dunking a lot more, that's why I see it. But yeah, for real, he's like a hybrid of those two guys. So yeah, whichever team, maybe, maybe, um, maybe Boston gets their hands in there. Maybe the oh, Pacers even. That. I mean, if, yeah, because that's one person. That's one team that I haven't really thought about free agency wise. Just because now that you know that the Anthony Davis mess is over with, Boston, you know, what are they going to do? Especially now that Kyrie's uh, gone. Because um, you, you're a, you're a Celtics fan, right? I'm not. I mean, I'm from Boston. Okay. I'm a Hawks fan, so. Oh, you're a Hawks fan. Well, good for you. You made the smart decision in the town full of uh, people that love Boston. Uh, that's no. Um, well, I mean, I'm, what do you think Boston's going to do? I'm sure you have a ton of family friends that are all Celtics fans, so you may not be a fan of the team, but I'm sure you follow them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just think, so first of all, they could have gotten Anthony Davis, but they refused to give up Jason Tatum. And honestly, it could be a good move, but I think the Celtics are kind of just kind of playing the quiet card and seeing how things will play out this season. Just because I feel like the Celtics ultimately played a hell of a lot better without Irving in the lineup. And 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 Danny Ainge's eyes, it's like why why change anything? Ultimately get Kyrie out of here. Mm-hmm. Okay, we start we start Rozier. Uh, essentially we can build up Gordon Hayward to be the player he was. You know, I mean honestly I had a lot of respect for Hayward just because he he gave up his starting role and said, I'm going to come off the bench just for the team. And that says a lot about the player he is. But ultimately, when he did that, he discredited his play, and we just didn't see the same type of player we saw in Utah. Um, I think that they're going to build around Jason Tatum. Um, honestly, I don't I, I don't know who they're going to get. Um, they have a pick in the draft, and I feel like that's leaning toward Brandon Clark. Um, with he's a, he's a, has a six eight build, probably like two twenty two thirty, playing forward. But honestly, why touch that lineup? They they have great depth. They have a good lineup. I mean, the whole thing is is if you put Rozier at, at the one, 
we'll see how it goes. I just didn't like his comments after uh, they got eliminated and everything. He's like, oh, I gave up so much to be here. Yeah, yeah, I know. I heard that. I don't know. But um, essentially, I'd love to see him in the starting lineup. Maybe work Marcus Smart in there a little bit. But um, if they really wanted AD that bad, Tatum would have gone. And Tatum even told Tatum even said that he would love to be in New Orleans and be the franchise piece. Yeah, there. he played he played that card perfectly. Jason Tatum did. And maybe that was a little advice from Kobe Bryant. You know, like <laughs> that fool played that perfectly. He's like, oh yeah, I'll play in New Orleans. They're like, oh shit, all right, maybe we shouldn't trade him then. You know, right? Like, and maybe with Kyrie gone, this will allow Tatum to be. A very dominant player, which we saw in his rookie season. Yeah, and I, I think, I, I don't know. I just, I really do not like Kyrie. Um, I mean, the Celtics are my second favorite team, but just watching them go through the playoffs and seeing Kyrie the way he was just pissed me off. I mean, if that, he just did not give a fuck up part of my language he does not give a fuck about basketball he clearly did not want to be in boston nope he didn't like he didn't like the way things were going he said this isn't a championship caliber team and it's like how can like yeah you can say that but when 90 percent of the offense runs through you you're really of why they're losing yeah I, I just it everything that you heard about throughout the entire year in Boston. And I'm sure if you live in the area and if you read, um, or, and I'm sure you got a lot more local access than I do, you knew that things weren't good, that Kyrie's behavior wasn't great. His treatment of players on the team wasn't great. And then when he came out and said, oh, it's fixed, that everybody knew that was kind of bullshit. And now, like you said, this team is so much better without him. And even I don't even kind of want him on my squad. Like, He's just a weird player, and like your team, the Celtics are just a a more free flowing team without Kyrie. It allows Tatum to do his thing. You still don't kind of know what Jalen Brown is, but without Kyrie, it just allows him to you know be himself, which is just kind of like a defense turns into offense guy. Sometimes he hits threes. You know, he'll give a couple of dunks a game for sure. Um, but I was thinking, like, maybe even re-signing Isaiah Thomas to play, like, a bench role for morale purposes, to Because I feel like he deserves it. And if he has anything left in the tank, I think Boston can squeeze it out of him. I just I like that idea. I just I just find a few problems. It's like, where is he going to fit in the lineup? Yeah, there's a lot of problems. We go back to a few years ago when they drafted like 18 million guards. So, yeah. I just, I don't see how that fits. But, I mean, yeah, I do agree he does deserve it. And the way he went out was terrible. But essentially, um, so with KD going down, it essentially confuses everything. Because obviously we heard that KD and Kyrie wanted to team up in, in New York together. But honestly, now there's speculation that he could be considering the Nets, but if he goes to the Nets, I feel like D'Lo's going to shift his way to Minnesota. But oh, really? Minnesota? Oh. Yeah. I, I'll get into that a little later, but I just honestly do not know where Kyrie, his head is at. I mean, like you said, he's just a weird dude. One morning he wants to play for the Pacers, the next morning he wants to consider Boston. And a lot of the thing, too, is I don't like players who – constantly go to the media 
and Kyrie is one of those players who goes to the media and he's literally he literally said well if the Celtics will have me I'll stay on board he wanted the money and I feel like Boston was going to give him that money but then he he had a little bit of a ten- temper tantrum or whatever he had bipolarness I don't know what it is but then they asked him uh closer to the playoffs or in in the playoffs he's like uh fuck you or something ask me july 1st yeah yeah it's just like dude like you need to have a cool head and be humble like Kawhi leonard and damian lillard those guys like i just don't like people who run to the media you know i i, I agree he's one of those guys that i don't know like you got exactly what you wanted dude like you got you, know, you got the team, you got separated from LeBron, which is crazy in itself because it's LeBron James. The guy, all he does is get to NBA Finals, um, you know, except for this past year. But, you know, I I know how to throw that in there otherwise, like, because it definitely did happen. But it's like, you got what you wanted, dude. You got your own squad. And then all the things that you were bitching about with LeBron, it's now happening to you. And you're handling it in the worst most immature way a billionaire flat earthing idiot could act and that's unfortunate because he has so much talent and it's like you know you want to separate this stuff you know as people and you know and i'm sure i'm not alone in this and hopefully i'm not it's like you want to separate basketball and life because we all are you know we all have our work personas um and then we have our regular personas because not everybody at work deserves to know who we are all the time you can't you know, so, but with Kyrie, it's like who he is outside of the court is so bizarre and it actually does affect things on the court that it has to come into factor. He's yeah. like, he's like a weird, he's like a weird Dennis Rodman, but without colorful hair. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know where he it's, goes. I don't yeah. know where he ends up. But it seems like Brooklyn, that's what everybody's been saying. All the NBA insiders are talking about Brooklyn. Um, I guess. The Knicks should just sign him. I mean, he says he wants to run his own team, and maybe with the Nets he does. But then I then it goes into, well, like I said, if Kyrie goes there, D'Lo's going to be out. Yep. I mean, why, 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 like I said with the Celtics, why fix, why, why fix something that's not even, that it doesn't need to be fixed? The Nets made the playoffs for the first time in a few years. Um, they just brought on Terry and Prince from the Hawks, which I really think is going to be a great addition for them alongside Dinwiddie, alongside Lavert. I mean, yeah, Tory Prince uh, is nice, man. He's going to be nice. And they just cut Jefferson or they decided not to uh, re-up um, Hollis Jefferson. So he's going to slide right into that role and it's going to be a nice fit. Yeah. And honestly, why bring a guy who you said has caused all these problems into an organization that, I mean, in there, in the Nets' eyes, maybe they think that Kyrie can ultimately take him to the promised land. But if the thing, the thing with Kyrie is, if you don't give him Hall of Famers, he's not happy. Well, and yeah. I feel like when he was teamed up with LeBron, we didn't see a lot of that because LeBron was carrying him, and LeBron was in his ear saying, "Just be humble, just be calm, and everything like that." I feel like still with Kyrie, he. He still needs that mentor presence, and that shouldn't be there. You know, you've already been through the league a while. You should already know how to carry your own self. You shouldn't have someone to be there beside you. But 
ultimately he wants to run his own team and whichever team he goes to should be a team that is ready to to handle him yeah it, it's it's crazy man it's i <laughs> i long for the days where players just were happy to play basketball and it's not enough that they're making a ton of money and have their own shoes and have all this stuff and have a lot of fame and you know just i hope he hope he finds a city that makes him happy and the Knicks should just do it. The Knicks should just sign him and Durant, and then they can just be injured and happy together, or injured and miserable together. Well, the thing is, if Durant was smart, if Durant is smart, he'd opt into his contract with the Warriors. Oh yeah, just, dude, you know just that. Train and everything, and then leave them when he's all well, healed. Well, actually, unless he saw firsthand the treatment and he didn't like it, you know, because of Demarcus Cousins, you know, he one thing he saw is he saw the how. The Warriors were able to rehab Cousins' um, ruptured Achilles that he got with the Pelicans. So, ideally, he probably re-ups and signs a one and one, and then does this again next year. Uh, but that's another one with KD is that, you know, I, I either think it's Knicks or Warriors, um, and it's a fifty-fifty shot at this point. Yeah, I don't think the I don't think the Knicks going to pull the trigger just because they don't know but honestly when you have a guy like that available why not pull the trigger i mean look look at the lakers just traded for anthony davis desperate teams do crazy things and you know a guy like kevin durant coming off an achilles after what has happened to the knicks um and maybe they're just cursed and maybe that's what it is maybe just their owner is such a nincompoop that he curses the franchise um, and bans fans for no reason. I'm so glad I am not a Knicks fan. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Sorry to all the Knicks but, fans who listen. <laughs> no. But um, so what brings me to my next uh, segment? Where will D Lo go? I mean, obviously, I said if I, I, I'm curious because you mentioned Minnesota. I do want to hear your theory on this because all the rumors have been saying Indiana, and especially because he's kind of a Kentucky um, guy. I'm kind of curious to see why Minnesota works. So I, I probably will uh, sound similar to your Kentucky thing. Is Honestly, just having D'Lo and Towns together just makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you could, you could argue that, you know, Derrick Rose is having a great season. Um, he sprouted and everything. Why not just keep him and build him? But... I think D'Lo right now has a, a little bit more than what Rose has, and um, you don't honestly with Derrick Rose, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen a week from now or a year from now. You could go down with another injury. Um, when I was with Per Sources, I wrote an article saying that Derrick Rose should throw in the towel, and then a year later, he had a, a, a fifty-point game, and one of one of uh, my readers who always reads my articles literally brought it up to me and was like you were wrong but like honestly that's why i write those articles but honestly going back to what uh but that's a good thing to be wrong about you know like it's all good like a lot of people said he should retire and he almost thought about retiring too so it's like you just that's why you just kind of exactly that's why you write those things put them out there but um honestly in my heart, I'd like to see him stay with the Nets just because you've already built a foundation. Why not go a little bit further with it? Why not Why not keep those assets for at least another year or so? I mean, you just got to the playoffs. 
don't try to rush things and make a, a shit move and get a player that probably won't work out. I mean, nobody, like, everyone is not the Toronto Raptors, okay? Honestly, that move was a, a one-in-a-million shot, okay? we No one knew what Leonard would bring to the table. We all knew he was a, a great player. We just didn't know in his first year he'd bring a title to the team. So not everyone's Toronto. But, um, but yeah, back to my point about Minnesota, I think he just fits in pretty well with them. I mean, he has a great three-point shot. His passing game is something that um, the Timberwolves lacked, um, especially with uh, Jimmy Butler's um, comments about their whole team and then how them being young and inconsistent and everything like that. But I feel like all, all Minnesota needs is a little bit more ball movement and a little bit more structure. And that could come from the front office, that could come from the coach, or that could come from the players. But in my heart, I'd like to see D'Lo stay with the Nets. I, I would too. Um, I hope he doesn't leave. And, you know, I think there's a dark, a dark horse team is Phoenix um, to get involved in the sweepstakes because of his ties to D-Book. And similar to what you're saying about Carl Anthony Towns, you know, he's a known, you know, him and Booker are known to be really good friends and They've had a longing to play with each other for a long time. They're both Nike athletes, so the Suns are a desperate, terrible team, and they um, have some good pieces. So I don't know. It's I'll be interesting, but hopefully the Nets can just say, "Kyrie, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, we're just going to go ahead and sign D'Angelo Russell and continue to build this team." You know, and they can go and build around D'Angelo because they have good pieces already. They can, you know, there's guys available in the league for trade that. You know, that can help. So I, I hope they double down on D'Lo and not go the Kyrie route. <laughs> I'm interested to hear your point because I don't, I mean, if I've been living under a rock, I don't know. I just have not heard any rumors about him going to Indiana. But I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that. About Indiana? Yeah. Like, that's just, um, I think the Pacers are looking to upgrade a point guard. And I think his ties just to that area of where he grew up could loom large. You know, we've heard the whole coming home thing and that's just hearsay. And I think my gut feeling is it's either Brooklyn or Phoenix. Um, I was surprised too when I actually read Indiana. I think I read that on Bleach Report and then I read more about it and it kind of made sense. I'm like, oh, I can see that. Like, you know, he can can fit in well. Like, he provides three-point shooting and especially with Oladipo back. And that could be a very nice backcourt tandem. Uh, that can both pass. Even though D'Angelo's not a great defender, um, Oladipo's an extremely athletic guard. So, but as far as my gut feeling is Brooklyn. We're I don't want I don't want him back in the West Coast because that will be to see him four times a, a year. Him pissed off playing the Lakers. I really don't want that. So <laughs> I hope he stays in Brooklyn because that was a, a good fit and a good mix. Like. You know, I thought him and Brooklyn was a good. Just they meshed well. Like it just was like a, a, a city. The city embraced him. I felt like, and the fan base embraced him, and I, I appreciated that. Yeah, and honestly, with the whole, I, I like when you brought up with LA and him being pissed off and everything. But honestly, I think that's the best thing that ever happened to his career. One hundred percent. He wasn't playing up to his full potential with the Lakers. And obviously it's the same thing we saw with James Harden. Like, yeah, James Harden really wanted to be with that OKC team, OKC team, but then he was traded and then eventually went to the Rockets. And all of a sudden now he's an MVP. 
and now he's a, a an NBA scoring leader and everything like that. I mean, essentially, it took a few years for D'Lo to uh, to spread his wings, but I think it's happening. And honestly, um, I mean, again, you have another organization that took a chance on you and now has a chance to potentially set you back again. And that's yep. just that's kind of sad. It, it, it is crazy, and this time what's, what sucks is that, you know, the Lakers had a, a bad stain in their mouth, and Brooklyn's had nothing but good memories with D'Angelo Russell. So it's it's weird that they're already thinking about moving on for a guy that probably still doesn't know what he wants to do. So I think they should go with the guy who's a little bit younger, a little bit, um, I don't know if he's better, but maybe a better upside at this point of his career. Doesn't have all the knee injuries. Uh, Kyrie gets injured so often. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Kyrie went to LA, and if he did, it's probably not. I know, I know, I wouldn't be surprised either, and that's why, like, it's really interesting to see what we can do because we can do a sign and trade, and I still think there's like we can still loop in like another. Um, I don't know. There's there's going to be some cap flexing, like some something going on here to make all this uh, manipulation go through. Like, I think the Pelicans are still shopping the number four pick in Brandon Ingram, so that might be, like, a three-way deal. Um, and we might help that to save some cash. You know, like, like how we were started the podcast, we were talking about the Lakers saving, uh, like, $6 million or something like that if it's uh, the trade is after July. So maybe this is how that happens. So, I don't know. There's there's going to be some weird shit happening. Um, that's my prediction. <laughs> maybe Bradley Beal is going to be on the move. I have no idea. I'm excited for this offseason, but... Yeah. So, June 24th, NBA draft. Yeah, a couple days away. I don't know whether I like this draft class or or love it. I don't, I don't really see too many players that I'm like, okay. But, honestly, my first, my first thing I want to dive into is this whole Zion hype is... I don't know. I, you could call me a hater, but... I think Zion is so overhyped. It's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> do you do you remember the LeBron hype in 2003? Yes, and I, it's just, people are saying it's similar to Zion, and I don't know. It's it, it's a stretch to say that he's potentially the next LeBron. I mean, they said that they said about they said that about Jabari Parker, and look where he's at. Yep, you're right about that. It is very similar to the LeBron hype, um, and LeBron hype was huge in an era where social media wasn't as big as it is today. Like. LeBron barely had. He had, like, grainy clips on YouTube. Like, Zion's had full 1080p clips on Instagram for, like, four years, dude. Like, it's been crazy, you know, the amount of press that Zion's gotten. Like, LeBron had games on ESPN when ESPN wasn't showing high school games. I know. I mean, LeBron was just a different player back in high school. It's crazy. But I, I, I do... When I first started seeing Zion, like, obviously, and I'm sure everybody who's my age or younger... Or everybody who watches basketball and sees these clips is like, all right, what else does he have? Clearly, he can dunk on little white dudes. And clearly, he can dunk on guys that are smaller than him and that won't be playing college basketball or even sniff the NBA. But what do you like against good talent? And clearly, he's a special player. Um, Conditioning-wise, I do think that's going to be a problem in the NBA. And I do think that he needs to get a little bit better conditioned. He He's very thick. He's he, he already broke out of a shoe once. Um, I you know he's a heavy person. He has a lot of torque on that body. 
And I think to save his knees, to save um, a lot of things about him, that he should lose a little bit of weight. And But otherwise, like once he develops that jumper, I mean, he's just going to be pretty incredible, I think. So this is my take. I think so. I so I think he's a uh, a more athletic Paul Millsap, but he's also got a ceiling of Josh Smith, and that's not saying a whole lot. Um, he's an undersized big who is just athletic. I mean, he will get banged. He'll get banged around down low, and his jump shot is just scarce. I mean, yeah, that is true. Saw him extend his range in college, but I mean that's college. People tend to be lazy on defense in the college game, and you can argue that, that people, NBA defenders, are, are pretty scarce too, but I just feel like college is more relaxed and everything. And like like you said, we know he can dunk over people and dunk over smaller guys, but when you get an Anthony Davis or even LeBron coming down in the paint or a, or um, a Joel Embiid, he's going to tense up, I feel like, and he's just going to start forcing stuff. And I don't know, I just – I think he's very undersized at six seven, and he's playing the forward position. And honestly, not too many people can do that. And the only person, in my opinion, that can do that is Paul Millsap. You know, that's that's an interesting comparison about Millsap. Um, because you feel like Millsap is kind of that undersized guy. He's like plays a forward with like smaller arms than the rest of the people there. Uh, he but he's a very crafty player. He, obviously, Zion has the athleticism. But if you take that away, that's a really good comparison. Uh, with Zion, I just I want to see how he is able to finish in the paint, like you're saying, finish with contact. If he forces the ball up, he seems to be a very willing passer, and you know he's clearly going to go to a team that's going to have some playmakers, and Lonzo is going to be able to set him up and play in areas that are going to be effective, which is great. Um, but I do. I I am interested to see when defenses kind of sag off him if he can make them pay from NBA three point range. You know that's going to be the the thing. Um, if he can make keep guys honest, he's going to be able to blow by a lot of defenders. Um, and then the NBA defenses are going to have to make a decision whether they want to kind of double him in the paint, or do they want to leave the three point shooters um, or stay on the three point shooter, let him go one on one. So. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what he, uh, how he progresses. Summer league's coming up. I try. I'm going to try and be there for one of those summer league days to see him live. So, yeah, you're lucky, dude, because I would love to go to yeah, a um, summer league game. Well, you know, I, I know we talked about this. I know you you had um, a child recently, and I mine's expected in August, and so I'm taking like a little like last ditch effort to play some golf, watch NBA summer league because I don't know. I might be too busy next year. Like I didn't want to. I didn't want to wait, so I was like, let's just go do it. So hopefully I get some Zion action. I get some R.J. Barrett. Um, we'll see. Hey, man, we could start a whole podcast talking about fatherhood. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I haven't even experienced yet. You're you're ahead of me. Yeah, <laughs> you, you're but, more experienced. Um, but honestly, about this whole Zion thing, um, I, I was wrong last year about Luka Doncic. I could be wrong this year. But I'm curious to see who is your who is your guy that you're kind of Looking forward to getting drafted this year. I mean, Zion's kind of been the the guy that um, I think everybody's been kind of looking forward to for a long time. So to say him would be cheating. Um, I think at this point, seeing John Morant um, going to Memphis, it looks, I guess, where he's going to go. Um, a, for a couple of reasons for me. Number one, uh, he had a really 
good season and a great tournament so that into the NBA? Um, or was it just a nice, a very good season in college and he's just going to be a very nice player in the league? You know, and number two, this means that Memphis is probably going to trade Conley and I'm curious to see where he ends up because that could be a Knicks destination too because the Knicks have a ton of cap space and, you know, they need players. Um, same with the Lakers. And that, if we make the Lakers for Conley, then, you know, that's interesting as well. Um, he, he makes a way too much money, but, you know, I've seen crazier things. But that's what I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see John Morant. And then Memphis is going to have a really interesting young roster with Morant and Jaron Jackson. And Jackson was a beast last year before he went down. Like, I, was play, I played fantasy basketball for the first time in years last year, and Jackson was a beast until he got injured, and uh, then I stopped paying attention. But, <laughs> you know, just like just like a fantasy basketball uh, one-on-one. Um, stop paying attention when your team goes injured. Um, but I'm excited to see those two guys um, as a one-two punch in the league. Um, and hopefully Memphis can uh, get back into this, get back to being a good squad. Yeah. Um, being a Hawks fan, um, I'm kind of excited because we're trading up in the draft. But one player that I've loved to watch in college is Jared Culver. Yep. Great two-way player. He's got great upside. Um, I think him and Barrett, aside from Zion, you could argue, they're the most NBA-ready, in my opinion, just by the way they push the ball up the floor um, and score. But, obviously, hype will always overrule talent, in my opinion. So, Oh, yeah, especially in this league. I mean, all they do is draft seven-footers that could be good. Hashim Sabit was second oh overall pick, God. dude. So, you know, like, people are always going to take that um, height. Um, and especially when Zion's been, like, the designated number one pick for, like, three years. Yeah, that's crazy, though, to have that over your head for yeah. three years. And, and, he's, he, and kudos to him because he's taken it pretty – as well as a person who's known he was going to be the number one pick and gotten this level of fame. You know, he's taken it pretty well. He seems like a pretty humble kid, you know, at least in the public eye, which is pretty dope. Yeah, hopefully he can con- contain that. But um, <laughs> honestly, he could go to New York, and then there's – there's like a dream for them to team up with KD and Kyrie. But I don't know. Honestly, I don't really like – it's kind of hard to focus on – not focus on Zion just because of how hyped he is. And yep. I, feel like, I feel like people gravitate toward one player in the draft and then after that first pick, no one cares. It's, it's just the, the basketball heads and people who love the game will watch all 60 picks. Yeah, that that's how it is. Um, so there's actually two humongous human beings that I'm actually curious to see where they end up, and it's Bull Bull and then Taco Fall. You know, like I just want to see where those two dudes end up. Taco Fall just because of his his size, but Bull Bull is actually pretty good. Um, yeah, and I, I'm curious to see where he ends up because, you know, we that's what we, like before the lottery. That's where the Lakers were going to draft, and like, oh man, that would be an interesting pick and now we don't even have a pick for the next like you know 100 years so um now is actually i was on nbadraft.net right on my phone right now and it looks like boston is the rumored team to draft bull bull huh. i mean they need a center yeah but my my only thing is is he's too skinny he is very skinny seven he's seven two, two 210 pounds i think like i'm 210 pounds yeah that's yeah he's gonna skinny yeah, dude yep but 
honestly, I know he's not in the draft this year, and um, he had a whole thing with uh, his heart, but he is going to be a beast. Oh, Sharif? Sharif. Yeah, I yeah. love him. I've been high on him ever since he was in high school. Um, Did you see his 360 one-handed dunk on Instagram today? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hopefully in the next year or so, we'll talk, be talking about him. Yeah. But I know that he he's been staying close to the game and trying to get healthy and everything. But, yeah, like you were saying about Bull Bull, um, I'd, I'd like to have the Hawks draft him, but I think he'd be a better fit for the Celtics just because there's – we don't on the Hawks. We don't have any vets besides Carter, but you have Horford, and I feel like Horford could develop him a little bit more. Especially Bol Bol seems like the type that wants to be a jump shooter. Yeah, and to be honest, you don't know if we're, um, Vince Carter is going to end up. I mean, he might stay with. Um, he might go back to Toronto at this point. Last season, they just won the title. You know, who knows? Yeah. Even though VC was dope, like it's it's so cool. He was one of my favorite players um, for most of his career. Um, obviously, me being a Laker fan, I watched. Um, and if I didn't reading it for Kobe, then that's just blasphemy. But my favorite non-Laker was always Vince Carter. His ability to dunk, his he was just an incredible ball player. And damn, it's pretty crazy to see what he's doing today. Like to see that he's able to still get lift. And still jam on people at forty something years old. <laughs> right. That that man is just he knows how to stay in shape. Yeah, like when uh, I heard stories when he was uh like on the nets, like he would wake up from a night of drinking and just like kinda not even stretch, walk out to the court in flip flops and do a under the legs dunk and then walk away. <laughs> Right. Honestly, though, Rosenthal, uh, I could talk about basketball with you till God knows what time in the morning. We're reaching on the hour mark. Um, any last thoughts? No, man. This was a lot of fun. Um, actually, so yeah, this is a lot of fun. Um, I'd love to do it again whenever you want to chat about maybe a couple weeks after post-draft or a month or whatever down the road. Um, but this was a lot of fun. Um, let's do this again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. And uh, listeners, thank you for listening to the No Limit Podcast.